Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is the second hour of Oilers Now, and we're following up on comments that Andrew Ference made yesterday on Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick's 31 Thoughts blog. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Digitex. You can now buy your PCs from Digitex. Keep it all under one roof with one number to call, one simple invoice for all of your technology needs. Spec's going to stay with us right to 145 today. Uh, we're not going to take calls in a River Creek Resort Casino. Hotline at 780-496-0063. But keep texting us on our Heartland Ford text line with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. They're one of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. Follow us on Twitter, at Oilers Now. Me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan Escott, at Brendan Escott. Stoffer Inspector for the 7,000 men and women employed in the Alberta horse racing industry. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table, Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Short Park. Here's what we're going to do. In about five minutes' time, we're going to go back to our Oilers Now audio vault for direct workwear. Times are tough. Direct deals are tougher. Save 25% in-store on workwear all December. We're going to get to a clip at about 1.15 on Andrew Ference's comments on uh, players being scared uh, of becoming the whipping boy in Edmonton. But before we do that, there are some terrific texts from both sides of this. Uh, so... This text comes in from the Fizzler. I think it's sad that you guys are trying to paint Ference in a bad light just because he spoke about the Oilers. You know that what he said was true, but you can't admit it, so you have to besmirch his career. Bringing up his left-wing stance on social issues is irrelevant. Hockey is just a game. Uh, But the OEG is so narcissistic, they can't stand to have someone speak a little truth. I'll stop bothering you now, Bob. That comes to us from the Fizzler. He, there's no issue with the, the, the social issues as long as it's not being pushed on the uh, the other players all the time. And, and here's a text to alert to this fact. This text comes in saying this, and it says, uh, from a voice from the past, 
uh, Andrew Ferentz has fed you an easy show today. Not everyone in life has to be the same. If you're single and go out, go out. You do. If you're married and want to go car, uh, compost in your spare time, good for you. But you don't have to push your agenda either way. In other words, Mark, if you're one of the guys that doesn't want to drink, if that's not your deal, you don't have to join the boys doing it. And conversely, if you're into some pretty unique things, you can be into unique things. Who cares, right? I'm, I'm trying to play this as fairly as I can because I think Andrew's a smart guy. I think he's an interesting guy. Um, I, I, I think there were some challenges for him. Um, and here's some more illustrations of the text. I think Ference's blame game is an art of what made him a poor captain. I think he should look in the mirror and take responsibility for his part of the failure uh, that was with uh, the orders at that time. That one comes to us uh, from uh, Vermillion. This text out of Drumheller from Mike. Bob, furthermore, pointing fingers at 20-year-old kids is unfair. Why? Because they didn't join him in his jogging club? He should be embarrassed with some of his statements. There, there's a degree of truth to some of his statements. He was there. He existed. it, And everyone's allowed to have different perspectives. That's the point I'm trying to make. Dan is texting the show. He says, it's just my opinion, but I don't believe Ferentz was captain material, and he can, never did embrace the culture or the traditions of this organization. Well, that's certainly the case. I mean, he took down any connection to the 80s and that sort of thing. I don't believe our past or present pro, uh, leaders would air their grievances like this. John Short once said, everybody has the democratic right to be wrong. To me, Ferentz's and Eakin's leadership skills are in question. Thanks. Love the show. Uh, and this text comes in, Mark, saying, I don't recall one time where Connor has placed blame on anybody, uh, on anyone. Uh, tell me how a 20-year-old knows better than a bet. So that's, like, there's, there's different... Uh, there's a lot of different perspectives out there. So there's people that are angry uh, that, that, you know, how could you possibly second-guess parents for this? And there's others that are saying, well, wait a sec, he's got some culpability in the failure of the club at that time. Give me uh, your thoughts. Well, listen, there's holes in everybody's game here, right? Uh, you know, who brings in the, Andrew Ferris? How old was he when he arrived, Bob? 34. 34 years. You bring in a 34-year-old 4-5 defenseman to make him your captain. Uh, probably not a great idea. Dallas, the Dallas Aikens uh, experiment, I think we're all going to look back on that and say that was a fail. Craig McTavish would be at fault for both those things. Uh, the young players getting them, you know, if, if we'll take Andrew at his word, and I have no reason not to, that the young players spent too much time having fun, uh, that's on them. And if you're not, you know, the oldest thing in hockey, Bob, is have as much fun as you want, but be ready to work the next day, game or practice. And if they weren't, that's on the young players. And I will also say, if I'm the captain of that team, and I'm the coach of that team, and I'm the GM of that team, I better get a hold of that, and I better get a hold of it quick. And if those guys didn't, there's a little bit, they're going to have to, you know, wear a little bit of that as well. So, I mean, I think we see a lot of blame to go around in a lot of different places. Uh, you know, I, I want to say that I want to say that this is why teams don't work. This is why teams lose because it's there's never one thing, and I think we just identified about five different things that were going wrong at that time. And I suspect if we look at the team's record, it is reflected there. All right, uh, Matt has texted the show. Ference is talking about people going out before games, not being ready for games. 
the text, sorry, just we're getting so many coming in here. He's How not talking people about that. He's not talking. He said they go out at night. He didn't say they weren't ready to play. They weren't going out the night before games. Well, I'm I sure maybe to... they were, but that's not what he said, Bob. That's not what he said. Okay, and, and the text goes on to say, how do people not get that? If you show up not ready to work, you get fired. Uh, I've been saying these things about the orders for years. They didn't practice or play to win. Uh, I, I, Mark, I've I got to say something here. Can anybody question the effort level? I mean, so people want to draw the correlation back to Taylor Hall. Okay, they do. Well, Can anybody question the work ethic of Taylor Hall in game? Well, again, I'm, I'm not, you know, I think the listener out there has to realize we don't know a lot of the things us in the media. I don't know what a guy's shape is when he shows up at 9 o'clock yeah. for film session. I don't know that. I see him when he comes off the practice ice after he's had a good workout. I don't know how the guy arrives at the rink. I don't know if he smells like booze or if he partied too hard. I don't know, and half the time I don't want to know. So I can't tell you if Taylor Hall or any other player was ready to practice the morning after a game. I can't tell you that, Bob. I can't tell you. All right, this text comes in. Bob, if you want to party, party. If you don't, don't, just as long as you stay away from the museums. I have absolutely no idea what that uh, what that means. What what that means. Hank in St. Albert says, Bob, Ferentz came here and was named captain before he ever suited up. It ruined his tenure in Edmonton. It was obvious early. He was hardly, uh, this text says, an NHL defenseman anymore. I think that Aaron Rue was at least a 5'6", but the texter says not. Guys like Strudwick, Whitney, Horkoff, all talk about Hall being a great teammate. I don't care if he was out late. He was the only oiler that brought it every night while he was here. Usually only notice Ference when he was coughing up pucks in his own zone. The kids were the least of a problem here. That one comes to us from Hank and St. Albert. There are so many different perspectives on this. There are. I, I, and I will say this about Jason Strudwick, okay? Yes. Of all of the veteran guys that were here, to me, and I, you know, I, I, I realize he does the show of Jason, uh, the two Jasons together. When I do events with him, I, I reiterate the point. Like, the career he had to play as long as he did, he got every ounce out of the talent he had because he was a terrific person. Mm-hmm. Okay, he worked hard and he and he tough. worked hard and he was ready to play. And he was and whatever and he you had, know what? he brought to the rink. Right, and in fairness to Ference, it's got to be stated that Andrew Ference maximized what he had for his career. That's and true. you know what? He, he might not feel like it at times because if you heard a couple more of his comments, I mean, he was pretty discouraged by how the end of his career ended up at Edmonton. He got a yeah. terrific retirement package contract from the Edmonton Oilers for four years, right? And did. the fans paid for that. The fans paid for that. I can sit here as the OEG and say, well, we paid for that, you know, the organization. No, they didn't. The fans paid for it. The fans, so the fans are an important part of this. And that's why, you know, I always give them a, uh, you know, I, hey, the building's full. 500-plus games now, and the team's been out of the playoffs for 11 of the last 12 years. No one will gripe about Oilers fans. we got great fans. People, oh, we're getting the same guy. Uh, well, maybe not. We're looking for, you can text us at 630, 630. Didn't Dougie Hamilton like to go to museums? Was that it? I think so. Is that? <laughs> I think so. Jason from San Nudo, who's one of my favorite texters, he says, if you hoot with the owls at night, you have to soar with the eagles in the morning. There you go. One guy has texted the show 19 times to tell me to change the subject. I really wish my Uncle Brian would stop texting the show to tell me to change the subject. <laughs> the same text. The and, museum and you know, reference. Go you ahead, know Mark. what else we should add, Bob? 
So in in the years, the very early years, 2011, 12, uh, however we slice this pie up, the one thing we'll all agree on, the dressing room wasn't any good. The culture was very poor. And a guy like Ference who came in from Boston couldn't believe the disparity between a functional dressing room and group and culture and what he found in Edmonton. I think we'd all agree on that. So yeah. what, what was and Can we all agree on one other thing? What? We've seen we've seen a couple of the younger guys mature into really good players. Of course they have, because they go to the next team like and, and grow up. Well, they one of those up. guys is still with this right. team. And they grow up, and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a, turning into a fabulous hockey player. But well, I want to finish time you, my It's thought. about time you recognize that, Mark, because he's been a damn good hockey player. Yeah, I know, I know. I want to finish my thought. The reward for those young players coming out of their entry-level contract was to just be handed $6 million each, which at the time was a giant number. So if they were doing anything that maybe wasn't the right way to do things, if they were not part of a good culture and a strong team, and all those things, the organization just turned around and rewarded them with giant, massive, long-term $6 million annual deals. And I probably think that was a bad idea. Hey, what do Mark. You think, Bob? Well, I would, I would counter that because Eric Belanger has criticized that Oilers group. Andrew Ference has criticized the professionalism of some of those younger guys. Eric Belanger got a three-year deal at the end of his career in Edmonton, and Ference got his best deal in Edmonton as well. They got rewarded, too. That's another way to look at it, Mark. Let's do this. We've got to get to this whipping boy comment, because, Mark, this is going to upset you, because you're part of the problem, Mark. Here's from Andrew <laughs> Ference on players being scared. Again, courtesy of Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick's 31 Thoughts podcast on players being scared to be the whipping boy in Edmonton. I think some guys, you know, might uh, uh, get into that role of just being scared to scared to be the whipping boy. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but like I, you, I have you, heard you, that you take less before. risks, your urge to win and be bold is is less than your your, your urge to not be the whipping boy or stand out, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think that is one aspect. I think that the the quickness that you know radio or newspaper or fans jump and and attack their own guys. Is horrible. I think that the quickness to defend uh, players within the organization. I remember, like, you know, Jeff Petrie or Schultz getting raked over the coals, and nobody coming to defend them, and then just trading them when their their values when they're after they've beaten them down for months, then trading them. It's like, oh God! And it's not just for those guys, but it's for other guys on the team. And you're looking at it and saying, like, well, they don't have his back. Like, they're going to have mine when it's my turn to be the whipping boy. You know. Mm. All right, well, unfortunately, here's the problem with that. I, I think I know what he said, Mark, but you and me needed to be actually put on hold so we could hear that, those comments, and that's not going to work. So we're going to bring Brendan Escott in right now. Brendan, what was the gist of the comments? Because when we're doing a show like this on our two remotes, uh, we can't hear those clips. So basically, from your perspective, what did he say in that last segment? Well, the overarching theme is just that he's frustrated that you, well, media members make somebody uh, the focal point of the problem in the Oilers and degrade them and degrade them and degrade them down to nothing and then trade them away. And uh, people get scared having seen that happen a couple times and they don't want to be that scapegoat for the problems. So, All right. So he specifically mentioned Petrie and Justin Schultz. Um, I, you know, Spec, there's a specific type of player that often gets put in that spot. Uh, and again, 
hey, this show is part of OEG, and it's funny, I can never criticize enough on this show for some of the fans. And if they listen closely, there is criticism. And if you listen to the last 45 minutes to 50 minutes, there's criticism. It comes with the territory. I mean, uh, you are where you are. But as you know, Mark, I was quite defensive of Petrie and Schultz and believed they were legitimate NHL defensemen. They were just slotted in the wrong spots. I would suggest that you were one of the guys that probably was seen as being one of the harsher critics of individual players. So how would you respond to Ferentz saying, you know, how difficult that is in that environment to play in. And I would say part of that is just the passion of the market. This is a hockey-first market. You're in Boston, you play crappy, so what? The Patriots are irrelevant, the Red Sox are relevant, and so are the Boston Celtics. This is it, baby. You're in Edmonton. It's part of the territory. You know what? You're in the entertainment business, and you signed up for this in a market, and you had a choice, by the way. Had a choice. Uh, But this this is a market where people care. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same way, and I know that he lumped the fans in on that, too. And, and, you know, I'm always very, very, you know, NHL players make a ton of money. Why do they make it? Because people like the fans in Edmonton spend two fifty, three hundred dollars $300 a pop year after year after year after year to watch the team play. So that fan can say and do whatever he wants. And Andrew Ferentz, frankly, take your shots at the media. I get that. Don't be taking any shots at the fan because if you had a normal job with no fans, you'd be making the kind of money normal people make. So that's the first thing I would say. Leave the fans out of it. Fans have every right to get on whoever they want. Uh, This organization did a poor job on a lot of fronts, and some of the things they did was take players like Schultz and Petrie and put them in positions where they were force-fed minutes that they probably weren't that they shouldn't have had to take. And as such, they, did, they made mistakes and didn't play well. And, of course, the hockey media here, we get on those guys. And we point out night after night, Justin Schultz had another bad game. Justin Schultz had another bad game, right? We do that here. Yep. We've watched it with the, some guys on the current team, uh, you know, over the last few years that, that get too much, how would I say, you know, Ben Scrivens comes up and plays here. He's not an NHL goalie. He goes in, he's not that good. We go, man, that guy's not very good. We should be getting on the team for putting him in that position to play. You know, so yeah. and, some goalies, and some goalies and some goalies shouldn't stare down their young defensemen after goals. Get yeah, listen, whatever. Scrivens was a bad example on my part, but the point is, sure, big picture. Uh, you know, we, I always tell people I got to write an article every day. Okay, I don't get the you have to do radio show every day, Bob. We don't get to sit around and watch the team play for a month and then do a radio show or write a column. So if you, if Zach Cassian scores a goal tonight, I get to write about what a nice goal he scored. If he takes a dumb penalty tomorrow, I then will write about what a dumb penalty he took. That makes me neither a fan or, or a negative person. I'm just covering what the guy does. And this, Oilers okay. lost a yeah. lot of games, and we were negative. Guess why we were negative? Because they lost a lot of games, Paul. This tweet comes in from Ron. He says, with all due respect, Bob, to your opinions on the Oilers, which are mostly positive, you are, after all, employed by them. I must say, the media in this town dogpiles on players who struggle. Very negative media compared to the other uh, major cities I've lived in. Ron, i got to tell you, I respectfully disagree. I don't think it's any worse here in Edmonton than it would be in Toronto or Montreal. Uh, and Toronto's got the NBA team and they got the baseball team, but it's still Leafs number one in markets where the team is the number one people care. Uh, so... And you know what? From an Oilers perspective, as a guy who owes Oilers now, indifference is far worse than passion. 
so uh, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta dig the passion. Um, and one of the things that uh, I'm getting texts on people saying that Brenda didn't bring up is that the organization didn't defend the players enough. That's one of the things that uh, Farron said. Um, okay, I, I, I think the organizations made a concerted effort to defend the players, and I think there's specific type of players that don't get the same amount of heat on the mark. Physical players don't get the like. You know what? Milan Lucic has struggled offensively. Ken Hitchcock has seemingly put him in a better position to succeed by giving him, all right, you're not a top six player. Forget about the money. But when Milan Lucic goes out, knocks a couple guys on their asses, and punches guy in the face, the fans love him because that physicality is a nature of the game that people appreciate. And Zach Cassian, when he's doing physical stuff, Mark, the fans like him. And when he makes one of those dumb penalties, as you refer to it, the guy that hosts Oilers now the next day says, and I quote, Zach Cassian knows he can't, he, you know, he'd probably like to have that playback, right? Because there's a way to, there's a way to, anyways, it's an interesting conversation. Hey, Speck. We yeah. have discussed this and discussed this. We have 1,100 texts that have come in in the last uh, hour. Can we talk about what Ken Hitchcock has done? Because, again, Ferris's comments are about the orders of the past. Ken Hitchcock is in the present, and he's changed the dynamic a bit. Would you be willing to stay on and talk about that when we come back? Absolutely. After a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.